dim the lights because it's the box office preview podcast i am your host greg Earhart, contributor to onstage blog and on screen joining me today my co-host even when he's not reviewing a movie he's never really gone it's on screen <laughs> chief film critic ken jones ken welcome how are you i'm good no one ever really gets zero stars that's it <laughs> So this is this is our 2019 uh, finale for the for for the movies uh, for our weekly uh, movie schedule. Uh, so we're going to end this with a bang. We're going to cover Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker and Cats, uh, as well as Bombshell and a couple of the Christmas releases. We're not going to do all of them. Some of them are really to release and uh, someone enjoy a five hour podcast. But we're going to try and keep this uh, to <laughs> minimum. We will also re- uh, do Little Women. And spies in disguise. Uh, those will mostly be see you don't see, and we'll, we'll we'll make some predictions in all these movies as well. Um, but the big movie, the big Kahuna, of course, is Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. It caps off the amazing year of Disney. Um, it, it is the conclusion they tell us of the Skywalker saga. Uh, in oh, Star actually, I'm sorry, Greg. Do you want to get into this past weekend at all? Oh, you're right. Yes, we do. Yeah, let me. Zip, 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 zip. I'll start that over. <laughs> Keep this in. Right. So we, we will we will cover all of those movies. Um, but first, let's recap the box office from last week, because once again, Ken and I made some awful uh, box office predictions, which which we must cover in full detail. Um, so Jumanji won the weekend, as expected. And Ken and I both were in the 30s on our predictions here. Uh, Ken, you were at thirty nine million. I was at thirty six million. It ends up at fifty nine million. So we were a whopping twenty million, yeah. twenty million dollars off. Uh, we'll start. I with mean, you. What in, in fairness, in, in fairness, wasn't pretty much everybody off on this? What were, yeah, what tracking. Were the... But it's our, but it's our job to. See. I know. Not I just blame tracking. Yeah, tracking was in like low forties, possibly okay. high thirties. Yeah. So it, it really uh, exceeded expectations. Yes, and uh, why didn't we see this coming, Ken? But we're, well, anyway. I, I think uh, you know, last year when it came out two years ago, it was following Star Wars, as opposed to this time around, it's opening before Star Wars. Yeah. So I think that played more of a role uh, in in its opening weekend than than we anticipated. Because I, if I had to if I had to guess, I would say that uh, the the word of mouth got out about that movie, and it just kind of like kept carrying it through. As opposed to this time, it had some goodwill from the previous movie, and it also didn't have a giant uh, $220 million opening weekend movie uh, coming on its heels, too. Yeah, so. it's clear. We thought opening before Star Wars would actually hurt it. Uh, it's clear that it was helped by it. It uh, was. Yes. So uh, good for the studio in recognizing that. And I, I think I also, we also underestimated, we both kind of thought. Jumanji was appreciated at the time. It was fun, but there probably wasn't much appetite for a sequel. Um, but it turns out there was. I mean, the sixty million dollar opening is, is is very is very good for a sequel. Now, yeah, last year it opened in the thirties, but that was also Christmas. He yeah, had an odd Christmas week opening, so that wasn't really a true indicator of the opening. Uh, but yeah, there was. I, I think there's a real um, real appetite for obviously you know Dwayne Johnson, the biggest movie star we have as well as a complete cast, as well as a premise. You know, it's obviously a built-in fun premise. Body-switching movies are always um, built for laughs. laughs. And um, especially when you throw in Danny DeVito and Danny Glover, who are we to, you know, shortchange this? Yeah. So shame on us. Shame I, on I us. saw this I saw this movie Monday night, and I got, I got to say, Kevin Hart 
doing a Danny Glover impression is easily the funniest <laughs> part of the movie. <laughs> Although The Rock is pretty is pretty good with his Danny DeVito. Right, right. <laughs> so and Aquafina, who also shows up in the movie. Okay, all right. Yeah, so. so do you think I should go see this? Uh well you didn't finish the first movie, so I did I... now. <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing against the movie. I just I had something else to do, and I was like, oh, I think I got the, I think got the idea of the movie. And, and I moved on. I, I, uh, I say you should rewatch that one first before diving into this. Oh, one. oh, is it like heavily leans it, on? The it first doesn't, one? but it's just you, you, as a complete <laughs> the completest in me feels like you should you should finish watching the first one. There's no Easter eggs in the second one. That like, no, not really. Oh, okay, all right, okay, all right. I didn't know about the mythology that I really although well probably. Versed. You know, Colin Hanks will show up about an hour into this movie, and you'll wonder, you'll wonder, like, what's he doing here? Who, right. Why is she talking to him? Do I need to rewatch the Robin Williams Jumanji? Do they have a callback? No. To it? I, oh, okay. no, I mean, no, maybe, no. but nothing that I was aware of. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's get to um, the second new release. Um, another which you technically won, but you should be ashamed of winning, so you shouldn't count that. I think as we should all be ashamed of <laughs> Richard of Jewell. Yeah. Richard Jewell, who, um, again, tracking was way off on this, uh, came in at under $5 million at 4.6 for 2,500 theaters. Uh, tracking was in the teens, you know, low teens. You were at $14 million. Uh, I went high, purposely high at 19. I really thought this was going to overperform. Turns out I had the wrong movie to overperform. Um, I had it at 19, came in at 4.6. Uh, do I have regrets? I gotta be honest. I don't really understand. I, I I don't understand. I refuse to believe the drama surrounding this had anything to do with the performance. I mean, it may be like a million off, you know, due to right. the controversy we talked about. I refuse to believe that had any any more of an impact than it did. Uh, I I really don't know what happened here, Ken. What do you, what do you think? I happened? mean, maybe it's the lack of star power and the lead role, like, or, or maybe it's just a, a real true life story that doesn't really interest people. I don't know. Yeah, I, I have mean, a hard time buying that though because I remember when this happened back in the, uh, in the '96 Olympics, like it was a big deal. Yeah, I'm wondering it was. No, it was a big deal. I'm wondering because this was a, a late announcement, if you remember. It like, did. It, it wasn't announced until I want to say like early fall. Yeah, I, I think even later. It was or definitely re- after, at least for a release date. Yeah, right. We didn't even cover this in our fantasy box no. office because it what they didn't. <laughs> It wasn't I mean, I released. Think, I, think, I, think, uh, I think people knew that he was making the movie. It just didn't have a release date until like sometime, yeah, like after Labor Day. Yeah, so I don't know if they had enough momentum to build up, you know, and, and huh. once the movie broke, then we had the controversy and all that. Like we didn't have a trailer four months out from the release that could get, build some buzz and stuff. Um, I'm wondering if that, that was the reason. I did, I did like the commercials that were on TV this weekend where where Clint Eastwood's basically like goes like full uh, West Mantooth and, and saying like, you know, Richard Jewell was a hero. You know, like <laughs> Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. Right. 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 Yeah. So, um, oh, well, I mean, Clint Eastwood, but I guess was due for a bomb. You know, he, he had really had a bomb to date. Um, I guess the one with Matt Damon where that weird, um, Oh, hereafter. Yeah, hereafter. I, that was a big. That was a disappointment, but not like this. I'd have to look up that box office. Yeah. But uh, so, oh well. Uh, lots of other movies uh, still out, and uh, this will probably get lost in the shuffle after you know another week or so. All right, uh, I think we can get to Skywalker now, right? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. So 
we have what they call the end of the Skywalker saga, the saga in episode nine. Uh, Star Wars is, I think, still the big, uh, uh, the biggest franchise we've ever had. Uh, the one that defined franchise for years to come. I think you make an interesting argument about you can't say the MCU because that's not a fair comparison. They have like twenty plus movies and they're able right. to do multiple movies at a time. I think an interesting comparison might be to like if you call the Avengers its own like mini franchise, you have like six movies there to possibly compare it to. Um, but again, not a totally fair comparison because they've had a lot of other movies to help it out. So let's just stick with Star Wars and uh, acknowledge it as obviously the biggest franchise. Um, the Skywalker aspect of it is coming to an end after nine episodes. So before we get into some of the key storylines, yeah. let's just. <laughs> You yep. know, you know, how you're saying uh, that it's the end of the Skywalker uh, saga. Yes. It's. Uh, did you see the uh, guy on Twitter? Um, that his name's Ali Ar- Arkin. And yeah. He- <laughs> I, I don't know this tweet. But I know the guy. Yeah. So, so he has a a picture of Doctor Manhattan from from Watchmen, and uh, if you if you know Doctor Manhattan, how he kind of like his view of time is different than everybody else. Right. And it says it's May ni- May twenty fifth, nineteen eighty three. I'm about to watch the final Star Wars film. It's May seventeenth, two thousand five. I'm about to watch the final Star Wars film. <laughs> and then lastly, it's December twentieth, two thousand nineteen. I'm about to watch the final Star Wars film. Yeah, no, it's true. And and we'll get to a little bit later in bonus questions about whether this is really the last. Even Skywalker, we we know there's more Star Wars movies to come whether this is really the last Skywalker uh, film we'll see. Um, but let's, but this is, you know, not only the biggest franchise, but the most important, you know, obviously franchise we've had can talk about the importance of star Wars, like in your life and it, oh. from a movie perspective, from a personal perspective, however you want to go about this. I go. mean, it's probably my pro- my story is probably the same as everybody else. Like it's, it's one of my earliest movie memories is, is watching star Wars empire strikes back. And Return of the Jedi, like sitting on, you know, sitting on the floor of my living room as a kid on, you know, a, a snowy Saturday afternoon, just uh, taking it in, you know? Yeah. Pretend first... to be Luke Skywalker or Han Solo and having adventures with Chewie and yeah. everything. So I think the first movie you can remember with as many quotable lines as there are. Right. And I would say most of them are from Han Solo, Darth Vader, and Palpatine. Um, a little bit of Luke thrown in and Yoda for sure. Mm-hmm. The where I think the importance for me, I'm it had different level of importance for me. I, I look at more from the villain standpoint, and Darth yeah. Vader is is Harold. And really, before I get into Darth Vader, I'll just say overall, Star Wars really formulated what a villain can be and oh, should yeah. be. Absolutely. And Darth Darth Vader is. Uh, obviously one of the most iconic villains of all time. I'm not going to call him the best because he does turn good. And I think that the true villain never turns good. That's like in my own dictionary. totally irredeemable. <laughs> right. It has to be totally irredeemable, which is where Palpatine comes in. And mm. I think Palpatine, again, just a utter delight as a villain because yes, he's ha- he's having a ball. He's chewing the scenery, but in a really good and in belie- believable in a way that you really do want to toss him over, <laughs> you know, the, the tower, yeah. just like Darth Vader did. And so many quotable lines. Like, he, he's not even in that much of the movie. Like, he's he, not. He's, he's really he's not. He's only Return of the Jedi. But he's he's throwing 98 miles He makes the most he's, of his time, yeah. Oh, my, oh my gosh. He Man. makes the most out of his time. And 
he became sort of the barometer for me in terms of how to evaluate future villains against. You know, he was a gold standard. And, uh, and again, I'm putting Darth Vader in a different right. class because Darth Vader a different arc. I mean, and were, were you sitting? Were out, you sitting? Were you sitting on your living room floor as like a six year old? Like doing like Excel spreadsheets of like Palpatine <laughs> and ranking him as a villain. Uh, six, maybe. <laughs> no, yeah, drawing maybe. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe with my figures, I'd rank my figures of these villains. You know, yeah. But then no, but he definitely uh, he definitely spurred that on. He was the genesis yeah. of sort of my love for movie villains, yeah. and uh, he really is great. Know, yeah, and I think everyone. I think villains, as we know, are super important to the story. And I mean, Roger Ebert is famous for saying a movie is only as good as its villain. I think that's a little far, but he's most it's 80 percent true. Um, a, a, a great hero needs a great villain mm-hmm. because he can't be great without the great obstacle to overcome. And Palpatine was the ultimate villain. And that's what, you know, Luke and the Rebellion had to overcome. So, you know, it, this Star Wars coming, this aspect of Star Wars, the saga coming to a close, it's, it's a bit emotional because obviously now we have to really turn the page uh, to the next thing or just turn our full attention to the next phase of MCU and Avengers and and, and what have you. Let the past die, Greg. That's it. <laughs> Kill it if you have to. Oh my God, I can't wait <laughs> to get to the reviews. Let's move on. Oh my God. Uh, we, have a, we have a lot of storylines uh, here. I want to... <laughs> So does so does Rise of Skywalker apparently. <laughs> so we're in your mind. So we're coming off Last Jedi, and I want to keep our conversation of Last Jedi to minimum because we litigate right. over this go, movie court. Go listen to the movie court. That's right. Go listen to the movie court. Um, where do you think Skywalker has to go following the Last Jedi to provide a satisfactory ending, not only to the trilogy, but to the entire saga, the entire Skywalker saga. Um, there has to be some kind of conclusion to Ray's story. Um, and more, maybe more importantly, there has to be a satisfying resolution to Kylo Ren's story, mm-hmm. which is, which is weird. Cause Ray's kind of the, the main character, but they're there. I mean, they're really, you know, almost like a symbiotic relationship there in terms of like the importance of the characters. Um, so really like, I'd like to see the focus mm-hmm. be on, on those two, which mm-hmm. I'm sure it will, but um, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm worried there's going to be too much fan service mm-hmm. going back to the past to, to make it satisfactory. Right. Right. And I think Again, I really liked Last Jedi. I did think it left this movie in a pretty tough spot in terms of where it could go. Um, we know Palpatine's in this movie. I they'll they'll tell you it was always in the plan. I call BS on that. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I not think, sure about that one. But... <laughs> I think Ryan Johnson was maybe a little bit coy about who he's going to kill off and who he wasn't and how he's going to end the movie. And I think. Based on how the movie, I think they had no choice but to bring back Palpatine because maybe I, I really think you couldn't leave General Hux as the main antagonist. No, like, I mean Kylo would have been the yeah, yeah, but we we knew but Kylo again, was like, gonna he's kind of following the Darth Vader trajectory. Mm-hmm. Just... We think and then maybe yeah. they do something different with him, and we'll see. But um, they kind of and we'll, we'll see what capacity they bring back Palpatine. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think Ray needs Ray needs. Ray needs I mean, it's, a, it's not only a satisfying ending, but a satisfying build up to the ending. Uh, yep. We really need a really central. It's to her story. story now. 
You know? Yeah, it should be. She's sort of peripheral to the story in a sense uh, in The Last Jedi. And there's a lot of Luke in there, as it should be. Um, but, you know, she, I think she can be, she really needs to own this movie and uh, and really kind of bring it uh, from start to finish. Yeah, I mean, the torches have been passed. It's time for for the last lap or last leg of the uh, the marathon, really, to, to be handed off to the younger yeah. generation and finish it off. So And notice how we're not talking about neither of us have mentioned the actual plot of the movie. Like, Oh, we need to see the rebellion win. We got to see the first order taken down. Cause I think we assume it's going to happen, right. <laughs> you know, and it's, we assume it's going to follow a similar arc as it's did in episodes four through six. Um, so there's not much, again, maybe we get a curveball from JJ Abrams. We'll see, but there's not much. Uh, I think it's not going to be particularly suspenseful from that point of view. So again, it's going to come down to what to do with Ray, what to, what to do with Kylo, and what, if any, connections there are to Luke Skywalker, um, Leia, and, you know, do they bring back, what, what force ghost do they bring back, you know? Mm. Uh, you know, what, where's Lando fitted? I think that's more of fan service than anything else. What do, you, what do you think, so this is what we want Rise of Skywalker to do. What do we think Rise of Skywalker is going to do based off uh, of what we've seen and heard and some of the earlier views uh, that came out of the premiere? Honestly, like, <laughs> I, I don't have, is it weird that I don't have any expectations uh, storyline-wise? Yeah, is right, that is that right. a disappoint? Is that a disappointing? I think it is. Too bland I, of an answer from me or, I, think, I mean, I, 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 I don't I'm blame kinda, you. I actually don't blame you for that. It's I think not, that's a it's 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 impossible to go in this movie completely blind, but I kind of do want to, like, not know a whole lot about the plot and the story and right. and, and like what everything is. Like, I, I watching the trailers, you get an idea. Like, it looks like Palpatine. Um, if I had to guess, like he's been like shadow, like building this like shadow like reformation of the Empire kind of thing. Right. And right. it looks like he's got a a, a fleet of you know star destroyers just like kind of chilling literally on ice mm-hmm. uh, in some like distant part of the galaxy or something and right. just waiting for his, his like moment to strike or something. That's funny. Do you think, I just, I just thought of this. Don't we think the last scene in the last Jedi almost could have worked as like the last scene of like the entire saga like just the way they built up to it, the suspense of it. Oh, the, the way. Uh, no, not that last scene. I'm talking oh, about okay. the confrontation between Luke and Kylo Ren on the planet, and then like bombarding their final fortress. Like they're down to their last like 30 people in the rebellion. Right. They're desperately trying to seek it out. Luke finally comes to the rescue. That that almost feels like it should have been the last scene of the entire yeah, saga. I mean, and, yeah, and it didn't have to be. But the the point is, it's like. Again, Last Jedi ended in a way it's just really hard to rebuild momentum from that because that was sort of like the last gasp. We're like, oh, okay, they're free. But then now what? Yeah, you basically have to see them rally back from this like seemingly insurmountable deficit sort of to... To, right, so how yeah. do they top that? Oh, the, no, oh, the rebellion is more I mean, than a dream. Like, <laughs> you have to top that in that last scene somehow, and maybe they'll figure out a way. But that's, well, I mean, that's I hard. think it's. I, I would say that the the scene after that, literally, where where the kids are sharing the story of Luke facing facing down the the uh, first order is is right. mm-hmm. I, based on that. I'm guessing that story is going to spread. 
through the galaxy, so right. to speak. And, that and, could have been. I know, and that could, that's another one that really could have been the last scene of the entire saga, and that would have really worked. That would have been a killer ending. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, so. Yeah, I. What do I think it's going to do? Again, I, I think I'm with you. I think we're going to see a lot of fan service. I think they're going to way overcorrect for Last Jedi. I don't think it needs overcorrecting. But I agree. I, hope, I, I don't think it needs overcorrection <laughs> at all. But um, I, I think they're just terrified of people hating this movie, uh, even if it's not as high quality. They just want Star Wars fans to leave happy, and so they can, you know, keep buying merchandise and go see more movies and that sort of thing. Um, who do you th- so next storyline is from episodes four through six. The, the biggest star that came out of it was clearly Harrison Ford, um, you know, who was not the central figure. And so the Mark Hamill wasn't the biggest star. Uh, Carrie Fisher wasn't. It was it was Harrison Ford as Han Solo. Um, who do you think is good? I, I think this is an easy answer. I'm going to ask this anyway. Who do you think is going to end up as the biggest star from this new crew from episode seven through nine? From, like the whole cast? Yeah, uh, of the new star. Uh, I mean, Adam Driver. Yeah, is I think, pretty obvious. Yeah, I, th- I think it's that right. I think just because that. he's got such of a career. He had a career of, heading. Yeah, he did. He he had one coming into it, and he's further cemented himself in in, in the uh, in the in movie the movie business or movie industry uh, since then. Yeah, so. I, and I think he's probably the more. I, I like Oscar Isaacs a lot. I just, oh, I love I, Oscar Isaac. Yeah, well, I, I know. Yeah, you just yeah. you just want him being directed by uh, Ryan Johnson for the rest no. of his life. Um, but like, <laughs> that's not true. I love him <laughs> being directed by the Coen Brothers. Right, uh, Nicholas Wending Riffin. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but like, this is a very different role for him. He usually takes a lot quieter roles and yeah, and more independent and, movies too. And I have a feeling he's probably going to head back to that. So as opposed to sort of adopting uh, his persona in the Star Wars movie. Um, so outside of that, you know, I think Adam Driver is probably the most versatile. He's he's yeah. probably going to win an Oscar or two when all said and done. He's doing movies like The Report, uh, Marriage Story. You know, he can. I wouldn't say he can do anything. I think I think he needs to do a lot. He can. He really can. But he's got a weird. I mean, mm, he, he doesn't say have. It. Say it. <laughs> say it. What? I'm gonna say he doesn't have leading man. Uh, whatever. Mm. He can lead in some things. I, I don't. Yeah. Can he be an opener? In, no. Maybe so. not. But no. I mean, the thing is, he does like such diverse like movies. Like he's everything is different. Like this year alone, like he did the Dead Don't Die. He's got the report, yeah. Marriage Story, and Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And right. last year, last year he did Black Klansman, Super and the man who killed Don Quixote. Yep. Super interesting actor. He does a lot of interesting work. He's really ex- He's very good in almost everything he does. Um, it, as far as biggest, I, I don't see Daisy Ridley or John Boyega. John Boyega had a shot in the movie Detroit, um, which just never took off. I'm not going to blame him per se, um, but they usually don't get more than one shot. <laughs> you know, sort of lead a movie like that. So I don't think we're going to see him in nothing more than you know secondary tertiary roles. Daisy, no, I'm not. I'm not counting out John Boyega. Okay, all right. I, I, I still. Uh, I mean, Pacific Rim Uprising wasn't anything to any, any great shakes, but uh, right. Right. I still. I still got some hope for the guy. I was a big yeah. fan of his uh, first movie, Attack the Block, uh, yeah. which is a, a UK movie. If anybody hasn't seen it, check it out. 
Um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and and then Daisy Ridley, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, she's done a couple things outside the Star Wars universe. Uh, she was in uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Express, yep. Yep, and I, I need to. I'm not, I'm just not sure about her. I'm not I'm not sure. I think she's fine and solid as Ray. Can she handle diverse roles? We'll we'll, we'll have to see. Um, and then I think that's about it as far as the new cast goes um, uh, for the Star Wars movies. So about the uh, guy that about the new guy that plays Chewie. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> what do you make of Palpatine being in this movie in some capacity? <sighs> I mean, on the one hand, like I, I'm a I'm a big fan of the character. Uh, dating like like you were talking about all the way back to when we were kids. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's such a great villain. Yep. But it does give me a little bit of concern and pause that, uh, you know, they're they're maybe diving too deeply into the well of <laughs> fan service and, and right. know, tying everything back to the original trilogy as opposed to, you know, the opportunity to really move forward like mm-hmm. Last Jedi sh- set up. Right. So, yeah, feels like I a mean, step back. Yeah. Regress- regression rather than progression. I mean, it, so... Arguing for for one second, I do think there's some a little bit of justice in that he is represented in the fi- the final trilogy when he was really important in the prequel trilogy trilogies and ultimately the big bad in the original trilogy. Yeah, it does give some connective tissue for yeah, like a through line for the villainy. Right. That said, I just again, I don't think they planned it this way, <laughs> based on what how they did the first two movies. Uh, it feels desperate. Um, we'll see what they how they retcon him if they do retcon him as a puppet master for any of the sinister forces for the um, uh, first order. You know, in the first couple movies, mm. we'll see. I, again, I really wish they didn't need to. I think his his being killed in episode and return of the Jedi was fitting. I thought it was yeah. final. I think it was all we needed to see. Um, but again, we didn't see the head chopped off, so maybe he made it, you know, well, <laughs> I can say that part is disappointing that it kind of undoes the ending of return of the Jedi. Unless he's a force. I mean, again, unless he's like a force. That's right. Yeah. So I will say the one thing there is, um, Matt Smith who played, uh, who was one of the doctors in doctor who, um, He's been cast in this movie, and it still hasn't been revealed who his character is. Mm. And there's been a lot of speculation that he's like going to become like force possessed or something by Palpatine. Okay, yeah. So maybe uh, you know we'll see how where that goes. Yep. Okay. Uh, all right. Are we ready for C? Don't see. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, we got supersized seed on two. We have 14 categories. We're going to go right through this. Well, it's Star wow. Wars. It's big. It gonna... Going out with uh, a bag. All right. Star Wars franchise. All you know is it's a movie in the Star Wars franchise. It's... See or don't see? Yeah, that's that's a a 30 <laughs> out, of a, out of a three. <laughs> Any Star Wars movie. In the Any Star Wars right? movie. I'm there. It's okay. just it's in my DNA at this point. Yeah, I'm a two. two. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Star Trek versus Star, Star Wars. They're weather I'm fan. Still... I'm still a two. Uh, all you know is it's a sequel to Last Jedi. That's that's all you know about this. It's a sequel <laughs> to Last Jedi. I mean, <laughs> knowing everything, knowing that I'm a huge fan of the Last Jedi, but also knowing that a lot of people aren't, and knowing that the studio might want to do some, as we said earlier, unnecessary course correction. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna hedge just a little bit and say two instead of three. 
too. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, again, I I, I liked Last Jedi. It left. If there was no sequel, it would have been perfect because there had to be a sequel. We know this is going to be a sequel. It left sequel in a really tough spot. Uh, I'm kind of a one based off that because I'm just like, where's where the heck is the sequel going to go after that ending? Uh, all you know is it's part of the Skywalker saga. That's all you know is that the movie is part of the Skywalker saga. Yeah, three, three, yeah, three. Um, yeah, how many? How many? How many? I'll just be consistent say two. It's part of uh, the James T. Kirk saga. Where are you? <laughs> Five times. <laughs> um, all you Wait, know is, are you, sorry, are you a Picard guy or a Kirk guy? Kirk. Okay, that's what I, I like. I like Picard. I, I, I like both, but yeah. yeah no, no you, you strike me as more of a Kirk guy. <laughs> uh, the end, all you know is it's the end of a really long franchise. You know, more than mm. six movies long is like, the last movie. We'll get to, when we finally get to the end of the Fast and Furious. We'll have the same oh, sort of question. But we're never getting to the end of the Fast and Furious. <laughs> Dom's got a son now. That's right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All you know is um, the last movie a very long franchise. See or don't see. Probably a one, if only because sometimes they're really crawling to the finish line with some of these, <laughs> like the Saw and, franchise. Or... Yeah, it's like you should have been done four <laughs> movies ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm a one as well. Uh, Daisy Ridley. All you know is she's starring in the movie. Mm. Uh, I'm going to say a two. I'm a big fan of her in these in this these movies. Um, I just I need to see more from her outside of of uh, Star Wars. Yeah, I, I think for all I, reasons I said I'm a zero. Uh, not really moving me needle one way or another. At least not yet. Anyway. Anything else you wanted to add about her before I rudely no, interrupt you? No, I, I just thought she was—I just thought she was fine in okay. in uh, uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Okay. John Boyega. Uh, John Boyega. I'm going to say as a one again. I, I loved Attack of the Block, uh, and I've been a fan of him in these movies. I think he's got a good combination of uh, you know comedy and and action and and everything. Uh, again, just need to see him in more stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, solid one as well. Strong one. Uh, really liked his character. I didn't think he was had the right part in Last Jedi. Uh, super fun in Force Awakens. Probably the best part of Force yeah. Awakens, in my opinion. Um, Oscar Isaacs. Oh, I'm a three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for yeah, me, it's my, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. My my my, my quote unquote love affair with Oscar Isaacs uh, began back with Drive. Uh, proceeded through to Inside Lewin Davis, uh, Ex Machina, and now the Star Wars trilogy. So yeah, I'm I'm fully on board with with Oscar Isaac. Yeah, so for me, it's like which Oscar Isaac am I getting? Um, I really like I really like this version of it, um, where he put the Poe version of it. I haven't hmm. seen. I'll be honest, I haven't seen too much of him in some of the more indie kind of movies that he's been in. Oh, the so Coen good. Brothers, uh, obviously, as Apocalypse when he was Apocalypse in, in the X Men movie. He was, oh yeah, well that's that, not his fault. No, it's not his fault. It's just a terrible <laughs> script, whatever. Uh, so two, I'm mean, at least a two. Okay. Um, right, if it's the right movie where he's playing the Poe character, uh, some form of the Poe character, I'm a three. Uh, oh, I'm gonna save that one for later. Um, J.J. Abrams. All you know is he's directing the movie. See or don't see? I think I'm a solid two on him. Um, hmm. I think he sometimes leans a little bit too heavily on nostalgia and mm-hmm. and the the question box uh, theory of 
uh, script writing and movie making, and sometimes the payoff of that mystery box isn't um, entirely satisfying. Right. Uh, in general, he's made a lot of stuff and been involved in a lot of uh, TV and movies that I'm a huge fan of. Yep. So. Uh, yeah, I was probably a soft three uh, early in his career. Now, again, for the reasons you said, I'm getting a little J.J. Abrams fatigue, I think. So I'm probably just like a one at this point. Uh, Carrie Fisher. Oh, she has a supporting role. I know. Always, always a three. Always a three. Just a tr- as a tribute. Uh, if she could actually move her jaw, I would be maybe oh. a one or two. But I got to be a zero at this point. Yeah, I mean, uh, come on, that's tough. Look, love her, but she, it's it's a t- it's a tough look. It's a, You're it's heartless. <laughs> Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Uh yeah, three. Three. Yeah, I. I not just for, you for all Skywalker, over Ch- but huh? Were you all over Child's Play when it came out? I did see Child's Play when it came <laughs> out. I mean, I didn't, I didn't rush to the theater, but I saw it. Um, okay. Yeah, it, you know, he's the voice of the Joker for so long on mm-hmm. the the Batman animated series. And well, this isn't a voiceover. Well, this is Mark he's, Hamill's in the movie. Yeah. Oh well, his voice was in those. So <laughs> shut up. <laughs> It's Luke. Uh, I'm never gonna give Luke less. I know. No, it's true. That's true. I'm probably a two as well. Uh, Adam Driver. Adam Driver. I'm. I'm sound like a broken record. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love. I'm Adam also Driver. also I'm a, big a fan. I'm a big fan of Adam Driver. Yeah, I, I really am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I've seen a lot of his movies in recent years. Is there anyone you're um, not a big fan of? I think all these actors see you don't see. You're you're, you're just you just running out apparently. to see for all these guys. Yeah. Apparently, I'm just a sucker and a pushover. <laughs> I am a. I am a. Hmm. One. Yeah. Wow. One. Yeah. I don't wow. know. I, I, I appreciate his skill. He just doesn't. He's kind of. He talks kind of weird in some of these movies. Even as Kyle Ren, he talks a little <laughs> funny. I don't know. It's sort of a little grating to listen. To I him. would. I would recommend you go see. I've, I've recommended this already, but uh, he plays one of the the brothers in Logan Lucky. Uh, oh, yeah, Logan Lucky. I know. God. <laughs> and he's got a prosthetic we arm. Own, it's we it's own great. Three Blu-ray copies of this movie. My God, the digital copy, the Blu-ray. No, it's, it's on Amazon Prime. I don't need that. <laughs> well, just one of your favorite movies of all time. I figured you having your keepsakes or something. <laughs> also, he's Good in Inside Llewyn Davis. So. <laughs> yeah, another another movie I highly recommend <laughs> and will be prominently featured in my uh, end of decade rankings. Oh, jeez. All right. Well, let's let's keep moving. Uh, Billy D. Will- Billy D. Williams. Woody Williams. Supporting role. Uh, I can't, honestly, I can't remember anything he's done outside of Lando <laughs> other than Jack, uh, um, than the Tim Burton Batman movie. Oh, that's right. Yes. That's so right. I'm going to go with a zero on that one. Zero. Okay. Um, yeah, we didn't, we didn't talk about Lando being included in this. Very curious. I, I I'm sort of curious, but again, I think also feels a little bit desperate. Um, I, I don't see a reason not to include him because he's, right. he's the actor still alive and and they brought not? back literally everybody else. <laughs> right, right. So <laughs> yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I guess I don't have a problem with it, but it's, I'm also zero basically in this. Uh, all you know is Chancellor uh, Palpatine's involved in this movie. You don't even know it's a Star Wars movie. You just know the character. So uh, Palpatine's Palp- involved. Yeah, Palpatine's involved. It could be uh, anything. Marvel yeah. movie, it could be the report, it could be like you know, uncut gems, it could be anything. Palpatine's <laughs> I don't know. You know? <laughs> see here and see. 
Uh, he's in Frozen too. Oh. Right, right, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a three with Palpatine. Oh, I'm a three as well. Yeah, okay. he's such a great villain. Yeah, last one. Uh, all you know is people are riding horses in space in this movie. That's all you know. <laughs> it's just people. It's somehow horses yeah, I've are been wondering how that works. <laughs> that doesn't make and a whole why? lot of sense to me. <laughs> They're, I mean, they're riding those on a star destroyer, right? right, right I'm not. Right. I'm not seeing something. I'm not. I'm not like my eyes aren't playing tricks on me. No, they're not. No, that's that's weird. Yes, I, I don't know. I, I, that's that's. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna be Mr. Fanboy Super Enthusiast. I'm gonna go negative one on that one. Wow, negative one. Yeah, I think I'm a three. I'm a, I think I'm wow. I think I'm just why not? It's just super well, weird. Love like magical let's, horses. <laughs> sure, let's do it. Yeah, let's let's, <laughs> let's do a true weird. a true space western. I mean, that's that's the epitome of a space western, right? Horses in space. So. All right, let's count up the scores. Right, you're going to be big. Let's see here. Uh, Twenty eight out of fourteen categories. That is a solid two uh, out of three. I am a. 19. All right, so I wasn't actually far behind you. I was 19 out of 14 categories. That is That's a solid. That's really good yep. for you. All right, I got three bonus questions. All right. One. If Ryan Johnson wrote and directed this installment, <laughs> not only would you be more interested, but what would the box office be? Oh, boy. Of this. That's... I want you to answer I... that question first. I mean, obviously, I would be more interested. We know right. that. That goes without saying. I, would, um, I, would be, yeah. I think it would be. I think it would still be pretty big. So let's say. So let's say. Let's just say this movie is going to do two hundred million. We'll make our official predictions, but just tracking right. this, I think around two hundred million. So I think just, it would do somewhere around like five hundred to like five fifty tops. Oh, yeah, talking about opening weekend. Uh, you, oh, about no, no, no. I mean box office, like the whole the whole thing. Right, the whole right. run. You're just talking about opening weekend. Yeah. So, what would opening oh, weekend be okay, with, Ryan John- with Ryan Johnson writing right. and directing this installment? So, if it was just Ryan Johnson, uh, if mm-hmm. it was just the opening weekend for a second Ryan Johnson directed right. Star Wars and, entry, I would and assuming say J- assuming that JJ this JJ Abrams will do 200 million. So that's your benchmark. To right. Uh, I'd say. Hmm. 170. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I, I think I might even go a little bit lower, maybe 160 Make, I, or something yeah. like that. I, I, I think I the range, think <laughs> I think the range is like 150 to 185. Yeah. I, I do think there's, there would be like a 20% shortfall, which I mean, yeah, I would just, the Twitter and the run up buzz to a Ryan. Oh, Johnson, yeah. Sequel to the last Jedi would have been just it would it would be <laughs> it would be Ghostbusters 2016 <laughs> times ten. <laughs> it really would. I'm sorry, I'm doing my palp too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I kind of wish it happened, but but, but that's me no, too. But but like that's but it's also why I think they're not going to let Ryan Johnson do this Star Wars. Trilogy. No, he's he's going to do his trilogy. They're going. He's going to. I, I. Well, I mean, maybe not. But I, I don't. Think know, I don't know. I mean, that's all he'd be asked. I mean, the, the fan, the the. Well, here's the small thing. minority here's, would be so loud. I don't. I just here's the thing. So scared of it. Yeah. The, the reason that they were so loud and vocal about it is because 
it was attached to a movie or trilogy from their childhood. Right. The, the Star Wars movie, the Star Wars trilogy that he's been asked to write and direct on his own is a story that is not directly linked to the original trilogy. So I hear I you. Think, I, hear I, you think, <laughs> I think in theory, there would be less of a backlash to that. I think you're underestimating. Unless he's, unless that's, the, <laughs> that these fans that, I mean, there is that, but I just, I want to, yeah, maybe I'm, maybe I'm too optimistic in the, uh, yeah. in people. We'll see. It'd be funny if, Again, the original, they had Benioff and Weiss to do the Jedi prequel and then Ryan Johnson to do this new sequel and and both of them get dumped by the time all is said and done before either of them get filmed. They they really can't... Would they really dump him after dumping the the guy that was supposed to direct the third movie, uh, dumping the directors of Solo... (laughs) And then dumping uh, Benioff and Weiss. The Kathleen Kennedy way. Like, yeah, that's sure. a whole, like, you're going to have a reputation. Like, people are going to be <laughs> really uh, apprehensive or, or take a second to think about whether they really want to sign on to do a Star Wars project. I think I think they could redirect him. Like, I, I think I'd rather see Ryan Johnson do, like, a TV show anyway. Although he might be too big now to sort of spend No, he can't, do it. he can't do a TV show. He, yeah. he's, he's, he's a movie director. Yeah, like he he can direct an episode here and there, but you, yeah. you want him doing movies, right? No, well, I don't know if it's gonna be Star Wars movies, but hey, what, Brian Johnson, we welcome you to Star Trek. I would, you, I would love you, to you see the next it. Star Trek movies. We welcome you up in arms. <laughs> so. um, all right, let's move on. A couple more bonus questions, real quick. Uh, Darth, if Darth Vader is somehow involved in this movie, Force goes like if in the trailer you heard his breathing, you know that that signature breathing. Like, are you more or less interested? Oh boy, I don't know. I feel, I feel like his story's been told and then some. Yeah, and we really don't need to go back to that. Well, okay, I'd be a little less interested. I think. I agree. If this was not the last Skywalker movie, <laughs> if they didn't couch this as the last Skywalker movie, they didn't say like, "Oh, this is the last of us trilogy with five more to come." They just, you know, they were near cagey about whether this was the end of the. We're Skywalker. keeping our options open. Yeah, right. right. We're gonna play the field. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that would. I don't think that would make me more or less interested. Mm. I think I'm more interested. I think they they should end this. I think they really need to establish Star Wars beyond the Skywalkers. I think there's plenty of story to tell. Um, so I, I I would be less interested if this is not the last Skywalker movie. Because uh, ultimately, then they just introduce more characters with more connections to Skywalker, yeah. not, and it's just you know, it's just not necessary. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we'll make our predictions for this at the end of this podcast. Let's get to the other release uh, of notable of of notable note, uh, right? Notable note. note to the onstage <laughs> blog audience. Uh, that is Cats, um, musical coming out, directed by Tom Hooper. Um, Ken, you are a noted uh, movie musical uh, fan. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> By that, I mean the opposite of it. Um, so you may not, so I'm free, I'll, you can punt this question to me if you want, but why Why do we think they chose this movie to do? Why did they choose this Broadway musical as the next adaptation uh, to the big screen? Dude, I have no idea. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just uh, write movie reviews, man. Right. 
So I mean, I just I'm not familiar enough. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So I think my answer is uh, I think this musical has unique international appeal. As uh, as we know, it's one of the the longest running musical on Broadway. Uh, I think it's mostly thanks to the foreign. This is not a research point. It's like half-ass internet research on my part. Uh, I think mostly due to the the foreign tourism market, as well as this is a big hit overseas, particularly in, in London. So I think they're counting a box office uh, international dollars for this. I could be totally wrong about that, by the way. I'm just, you know, again, half-ass internet research. Um, what is, so anyway, we're stuck with Cats. Cats never made real sense for the big screens we saw from the trailers, but we have it, you know, nonetheless. So home is one real song of note. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see. Where do you stand on? Do, do, were there any Broadway adaptations to the big screen that you that you that you liked or cared for? Mm, can you name me a couple to get my brain sure like, yeah, jogged? So, yeah. So for the last few, we have our Les Mis. Uh, I didn't in, see it. Into the Woods. Didn't see it. Chicago. Didn't see it. Mamma Mia. Didn't see it. <laughs> Hairspray. Didn't see it. Sweeney Todd. Saw it. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thought it was so, pretty good but not great okay so i Just liked like, yeah so i liked lame is <clears throat> better than most i think musical fans did and i think part of that was because that was actually the first time i had seen lame is since i think a middle school production uh, that i'd seen uh way back you know 30 years ago or so so i i thought it was i really i liked how bold it was i mean it was a two and a half hour you know musical it doesn't shy away from that in terms of its set pieces, sticking to every line of dialogue being sung, a little tough for me for two and a half hours. I do like my musicals to have words and dialogue in between them, like Mama Mia, like Mama Mia has. Um, I also I did not see Into the Woods either. I've not seen Chicago. Mama Mia, I, I enjoyed. I thought it was fine. It was it captured the exact notes of the Broadway. It was upbeat. It was peppy. You know, just tried to be fun and nothing else. Um, Pierce Brosnan singing, mm, no thank you, but <laughs> you know, that's what you kind of get. Wait, you know, Pierce Brosnan, oh, he's in Mamma Mia and he sings. Oh, oh okay, I thought, yep, yeah, sorry, <laughs> you're right. I thought yep. you, I was still, I was still on uh, Lee Miz. I thought you meant uh, Russell Crowe. Uh, Russell, sorry. well, that too, well, that too, yeah, Russell Crowe. <laughs> you said no thanks on somebody singing, and my mind immediately went to. Yeah. Russell Crowe and, and Lame is based you know on that so, clash. Russell Crowe is sort of so bad it's good for me anyway. Like I'm just fascinated by the songs he sings in Lame is because mm. I'm just like I, I just can't believe he's really trying to do it. Like Pierce Brosnan, like he didn't really try to sing. He just sort of sung a you know, did a couple of notes in a higher pitched tone than usual, and that was it. Like he you know called it a day. And Russell Crowe, and I know he Russell Crowe is like a rock band singer or something, so he's not a totally untrained singer right i mean it's it's in the so bad it's good category i actually have a couple of those songs on my uh on my spotify list you know just because it's it's like a train wreck it's just like a glorious (laughs) glorious train wreck beautiful disaster Uh, right a beautiful beautiful disaster um a number of notable stars in this cats uh a number of singers as well jason derulo of note um is in this as well as jennifer hudson and taylor swift uh, do we need Rebel Wilson and James Corden in this in this movie? Uh, what's your thoughts on either of those uh, actors? Uh, I think I'm more a fan of Rebel Wilson than I am of uh, James Corden. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, he just kind of shows up and 
does like the James Corden thing. It feels like, right? So yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. He is sort of a little shtick, and I know he's got some um, some acting Broadway experience, singing as well. I don't know the whole uh, carpool karaoke. I, I never really understood the phenomenon behind that. Uh, if you're getting on by that shtick, I just I don't know if there's much you know if I could really trust you in a movie or whatever. But again, I'm probably not the target audience uh, for it anyway. The box office tracking for this is really surprising to me, and I still don't quite believe it. Uh, we're tracking opening weekend somewhere in the ten to twenty million dollar range. This would be really low compared with most other Broadway musicals. Uh, Les Mis again most recently. Um, ended up with 150 million um, box mm. office, and this movie, if it opens between 10 and 20, um, you know, it's going to end up like between 50 and 60, which would be yeah, I mean, wow. like half that total. Do we really think uh, cats could disappoint like this? Uh, honestly, I have no frame of reference. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so once again, I'll ask well, you I mean, to answer my own yeah. question. Um, I mean, so like, how much how much of a budget did they spend on this movie? Oh, I don't care. I mean, it's who who cares? I mean, it's it's also okay, comes seeing, down to whether people want the movie or not. Yeah, yeah, I mean, is is there a huge demand for cats? Like, I know it was huge. Is it still huge? No, it's no. not. I, okay, no. so I don't, I don't know. It's yeah. Again, I mean. Probably it's sort of like the Elton John of musicals. Like everyone, kind of, it's kind of like, oh, it's fine with it. But there's no like right. passion. There's no like passionate fans of Cats, except for like one song or two. You know, it, it uh, feels like like as someone that's not um, engrossed in Broadway and musical uh, movie musicals, uh, it feels like they've been doing kind of like for the last, I, I really this century they've been doing like a greatest hits of Broadway. Right. adaptations kind of uh, um like progression and it feels like this is the next logical step so it feels like they've done all the other ones and it's time to do this one mm-hmm. of like the quote-unquote classics so to speak yeah and i'm i'm fine with that because i think one of the fun things about the movies is you can expand the stage so i think yeah. there's limitations to all the to all the stage and we should also note um, a musical coming out next summer is In the Heights, and that trailer just came out. That looks and that's a fantastic trailer, in my opinion, and I think it's going to really capture the energy well. It could be a, a pleasant box office uh, performer. Um, so I think it's all about again. To me, it kind of came down to the decision of how they're going to handle the cats. Um, and they they made the decision they're going to do exactly what they did on Broadway. It's going to be human sized mm. cats. Um, and this movie's obviously going to CGI some key features, and I just don't know if that's going to translate. You know, I think it works on stage because you don't expect anything more than the movies. You know, but I don't know what other options they had. You know, to really do there. So, yeah, I kind of, I, I kind of I, I wonder if this is. It feels like every, um, every you know, for back of lack of a better term, ripple effect where they have like a <laughs> oh, oh, no, I like plug. Yeah. I like, I like, <laughs> How funny, huh? Uh, that's a good term. Yeah. So you, you, know, about it. you know how like it feels like every every trend like this has that one movie where it's like a bridge too far, right? And you start to wonder like, is this like the 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 downturn, or yeah. when the when the worm turns, so to speak? Yeah. And I mean, I, if this is as um, head scratching of a adaptation as as some people seem to think it is, including the the creator and editor in chief of um, of the onstage <laughs> blog, um, <laughs> then maybe maybe Cats is is that movie where it's like, yeah. 
okay, maybe we've reached like that point where, where we're going to start to get more of a mixed bag tending toward uh, tending toward more of the negative with these musical adaptations than uh, than we were getting in the past. Yeah. So yeah. Again, I think I think I think this is again my hypothesis. I hope it's grounded in something that <laughs> I think it is grounded. I mean, this is this the Cats is more of a hit. I think a bigger hit uh, in London, Britain, than it was in New mm-hmm. York. Even though it was a long running show here. Um, so I think they're just I think they're going for some international box office and I mean having said that, sufficient yeah. amount of money. Sorry, having said that too though, like it they, these are still attracting like decent directors, like award winning directors. Like Tom Hooper is a, he he won an Oscar, so I mean right. it's it's not like it's not like they're suffering for talent to, to cast these and and to get talent on, on screen and behind the screen. Right. Uh, for them, so okay. Uh, let's go to C don't see. Uh, we have ten categories again. Christmas episode. Uh, we're going to supersize. Uh, Quick uh, question: What's my lowest uh, <laughs> off the top of your head? Do you know what my lowest uh, C don't see score is? <laughs> no, I don't. No. Okay. <laughs> Probably like ten or something. <laughs> hey. All right. Uh, Broadway musical adaptation. All you know is it's a Broadway musical adaptation. Yeah. So we don't see. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna say negative one. Wow. Yeah. Uh, positive one for me. A movie about cats. All you know is it's a movie about cats. It could be a kids' movie. It could be, I don't know, anything. Just it's it well, could be a documentary. It's just about cats. Well, I'm allergic to cats, so <laughs> um, I'm gonna say negative three on that one. Wow. <laughs> Not a fan yeah, of cats. I'm I'm a dog person and a cats person. I'm a mi- I'm a minus. Well, I might be a minus three actually. Yeah, uh, join I'm, me. Yeah, I think I'm a minus join three. Join me. Uh, all right. I feel um, your hate going through you. <laughs> wrong seed and see. Wrong seed and see. Jennifer Hudson. All you Jennifer know is- Hudson. She actually she's a pretty good actress. Uh, she is. I think. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna go. Her presence doesn't necessarily move the needle much for me, but I'll say I'll say a one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome in Dreamgirls, uh, one of my favorite performances. Uh, two, I'm just giving her two based just for respect out of the, out of Dreamgirls performance. Uh, James Corden, mm, negative two, mm-hmm. minus three for me. Uh, Judy Dench, Dame Judy Dench, James say it right. <laughs> uh, eh, let's go with the one. Why not? Okay, uh, zero. And to just none of her. I mean, come on! What what movie? I mean, she had that one movie where she got some best actress, where she like headlined it. She it was like that hotel movie, I think. That uh, I don't know. That's like the only movie she's opened that I can remember. I know she was Q in those James Bond movies, or whatever. But um, or M, who was she? She was what, M. She wasn't what, Q. Yeah. What letter of the alphabet was she? Yeah, no, M. M. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Jeez. <laughs> a I A Z Y. I don't know. No, you're uh, bond, man. <laughs> Have some self-respect. Jason Derulo. All you know is Jason Derulo is in the movie. Uh that's that's a zero for me. <laughs> zero for me as well. Idris Elba. Ooh. <laughs> now this one moves the needle for me. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna go with the two. Strong two. Yeah, I agree. Strong two. We 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 went over our love for him in the um, 
Hobbs versus Hobbs versus Shaw uh, yeah. podcast. Uh, Ian McKellen. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I'm going to go with a two on that one as well. Yeah, just out of respect. He gets yep. a two out of respect. Uh, all you know... Uh, oh, sorry. I'll save that for last. Uh, Tom Hooper. All you know is Tom Hooper's directing it. Tom Hooper. I think I've been kind of mixed on him as a director. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with... Uh, I'll go with a zero on that one. I'm giving a minus one just because he directed the king's speech a movie i didn't mind but it should not have won best picture uh, no it should not have network and so i'm just gonna take it out on him so he gets a minus one uh lastly all you know is a new taylor swift song is uh essentially important uh, to this movie a new taylor swift song really they're they're building a taylor swift song for they sure they sure are (laughs) see or don't see uh, that's that's going to be a, a negative one for me. Mm-hmm. Me as well. All right. So what are our scores? I think we're going to have very similar scores here. <laughs> uh, you are minus one out of ten. Ooh. I am I'm also a minus one out of ten. Hey. Okay. All right. We feel right, exactly just... the same. <laughs> There's no daylight between us. That's right. That's right. Uh, only one bonus question. Um, if they like Lion King this movie, so like they did like motion capture... <laughs> Cats actual instead, cats. Like, a, like actual cats are singing and dancing and like whatever instead of what they did here. <laughs> I would be more or less interested. I would probably be less interested, but if mm. they were using actual cats and not CGI <laughs> cats, right. I would I would be way more interested in the behind the scenes making of the movie. Uh, just because I like you hear stories about like cats on movie sets. And yep. how it's just like a, usually a nightmare. Yeah. So I am. Uh, I think this has to be uh, humans and cat form. Let's just go for the train wreck. You know, in my opinion, if this is gonna be a train wreck, let's just go the whole nine yards. So I would say <laughs> this would make me less interested. All right, that wraps up cats uh, predictions at the end of this podcast. We're gonna do the next couple movies real quick. Uh, uh, Bombshell limited release last week. Uh, pretty good uh, dollars per screen. Uh, but low 60% uh, Rotten Tomatoes score. Bombshell is a story of um, the Fox News reporters, namely Megyn Kelly, I believe Gretchen Carlson, and I forget the third one, uh, and their stories of how they dealt with uh, the culture of sexual harassment at Fox News, led by Roger Ailes, uh, played by John Lithgow, who is doing his best job of the hut uh, imitation uh, in the movie. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um we talked about this movie a bit last week, so I think we're just going to jump into See Don't See for here. Um, ready, Ken? Yep. Nicole Kidman. Uh, Nicole Kidman. I think she has improved as an actress over time, but uh, there's... Uh, I'm going to say it's just a one. One? Yeah. I don't know. She's a pretty good actress back in the day. I mean, she was. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Maybe I'm not giving her enough credit. Uh, yeah, she doesn't really, I don't, she just takes the kind of roles that doesn't, it doesn't really excite me to see, because they're not, even when she was an Aquaman, I was just like, okay, I mean, she could bring a pizzazz, I don't know if she really brings an energy that's anymore, I mean, I think she's good, and what uh, she's good at what she is, but uh, in terms of me wanting to see her, I'm a zero. Uh, Charlie Theron. Mm, three. Strong three. Hey, I am a strong she's, two. She's right up there for me for one of my favorite actresses. Yep. Margot Robbie. Um, yeah, also a, th- a three. Yep, I'm a three as well. 
Uh, yeah, well, my probably my favorite uh, up and coming is she up and she. I don't even think we can call her up and coming. She's there. No, think, she's established. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Fox News. All you know about the movie is about Ugh. Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> Negative three. <laughs> yeah, I think I I agree. I think it's I think it's my well. If they got into. <laughs> If it was sort of like a spoof or a parody or some like uh, exaggerated goof like on it, I could maybe possibly something like if they just really mocked it in a really funny way. But otherwise, I think I'm a minus two because I think there's a scenario where I could go out and see it if they just you know, utterly mocked it. Um, uh, let's see. John Lithgow. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, as a movie actor doesn't really move the needle for me uh i'll I'll say a zero yeah zero for me as well uh sexual harassment all you know is it's a movie about sexual harassment see you're gonna say again probably a zero Mm -hmm. um i don't i don't think sexual harassment is a particularly cinematically interesting topic um sort of depressing and um i don't think there's many ways to do it other than like I don't know I, I think I'm a minus one minus one on that uh, last one all you know is people look uh, the people in the movie look exactly like uh, the real characters they are, they are portraying for mm. example Charlie Saron looks exactly like Megan Kelly <laughs> in the picture See she really does <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one just because sometimes when people try to do that, it goes horribly wrong. Right. And to see one where it actually works um, is is at least a little bit intriguing. Yeah, because I don't think I, uh, I'm a one as well. I think for this movie, I, I would be a two uh, for this specific movie because I, Megan Kelly, I don't think is an easy person to look uh, a lot like. I think there are some no. people, you know, people that are easier than others. I don't think Megan Kelly is a particularly easy person. So the fact that they really we're able to get Charlie Saron to look like her is, is really an achievement. Uh, okay, Ken, you have, you are a score of five. I am a score of three. So you actually have some interest in this, based on Margot Robbie and Charlie Saron. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's fair. All right. Um, and balance. Two, bon- two bonus questions. If this was about any other network besides Fox News, yeah, maybe similar, not the exact story, but similar story, some scandal. It could be like NBC where they're, you know, uh, Matt Lauer, the rape, you know, uh, allegations against him or some of the MSNBC stuff. Is there any other news network are you more or less interested? Um, probably not more or less interested. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it, I'm, I'm not. Sorry. Yeah, I th- I think I think I'd be a little bit more interested in a more established news organization. I think because I think there is a definitely more power structure there. I know Fox News is is certainly powerful. It's still a cable news network uh, with you know ten percent the reach that a that a national news network has. So I think there's definitely a, a more of an underdog story um, possible at like say NBC News um, or CBS News or something like that. Uh, 
the other one they had was if they actually had Jabba the Hutt play Roger <laughs> Ailes instead of John Lithgow. Like they just had like the actual Jabba the Hutt. Like they got they got way more Disney interested. Because right? <laughs> you could you could you could redo the whole like Leia in gold bikini, right. and the whole thing where like they push her up close to Jabba, and right. he like sticks his tongue out. And right, right, they, right. Yeah, that oh, would yeah. actually okay. that would actually be kind of perfect for this movie. <laughs> I do too. I, right, if it's going to spoof, let's just go the whole way. Um, all right. Uh, so let's see. Next is Little Women. So this is a Christmas release. Uh, we talked about this a bunch. Uh, you have it on your fantasy box office roster. Yes, uh, this I do. is this is a Greta Gerwig vehicle. She is writing and directing in it. Um, this is an adaptation of the classic um, and beloved novel, novel Little Women. Which looks to be it looks to be done as a true authentic period piece, but certainly done as modern as storytelling as it is uh, as the trailers led you to believe. It also looks like this has a different storytelling structure in that this um, the movie starts towards like the end of the book, but then there's flashbacks. So she's definitely doing the mold in like the flashback uh, storytelling style. And uh, which is different than how previous adapta- adaptations have has worked. Uh, Ken, your Greta Gerwig thoughts, uh, real quick. Um, <laughs> You're a big fan. I know. I'm I know. a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> Every, what can I say? Everything's coming up. Uh, coming up roses. Everything's for me. coming up Jones. Yeah, for that's you. right. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's my world, and you're all just living in it. <laughs> so, so do you think? So, is she the type of writer and director? Is she in Ryan Johnson mold? Like, what? How does she? she like, no, she's she's more of the like Wes Anderson. Um, oh, oh, good. I'll like that asleep. that vein of. Uh, I'll fall asleep to her too. Then, as long as Wes Anderson. <laughs> no, I mean, like, so if uh, so, she's uh, she's in a relationship with Noah Baumbach, who she's done uh, several movies with that she's starred in and also co-wrote a few of his movies um and and so it yeah she's she's kind of in that mold of like Bombach, uh anderson and and those kind of um indie not necessarily indie but um you know like auteurs as it were kind of kind of directors right so uh do you think hmm do you think she has a chance to be in the top five? I don't know how you'd say top five directors. It's those top five most wanted directors or top five, like, I don't know. Is she going to rule the 2020s in your opinion? I don't like, know if do she's going to. Uh, that's a good question. I, yeah. I think. Um, Could she direct Star Wars, a Star Wars movie? You know, I don't like, see her like, ever <laughs> wanting to do that, actually. Like, I think she she's the type of person that seems um, pretty picky about the, the roles that she takes, but also the, like, she did that as an actress but it looks like she's doing that also as a a writer and director too Mm -hmm. um so it's she's going to be um she's not going to just do something for a paycheck uh Mm -hmm. or or anything just to you know to get mainstream appeal uh she's really doing she's really she's she's the type of person that does stuff that that interests her and and that's the reason she does it so 97% Rotten Tomato score. Uh, this has Best Picture buzz currently. It has a Christmas Day release. I think I am very interested in what box office is going to be. I think there's tracking that this should open pretty decently, like in the high teens, low 20s. Um, there's expectations this will have a pretty decent run. I think 
I think we should not underestimate how many fans of Little Women um, there are, and there are some who really follow the, all the adaptations and are excited that Greta Gerwig is doing this one. I, I for non-apostles of Little Women, I'm I'm just super skeptical that they would come out and see this type of period piece movie with the biggest star being Emma Watson, and I guess we have Timothy Chalamet. Um, in it as well as Sir Sharon. Don't underestimate Timothy <laughs> Yeah. Well, don't under- well, I'm sorry. That don't under don't underestimate the Timothy Chalamet thirst that is out there. Did you see The King on Netflix? I did with him. I did. I well, I would say I watched half of it. And that, oh, that, was that sounds the, like a trend for you. Well, is there the movie where like okay, I got the idea. Like I, I didn't. I knew the kind that of movie. That also sounds like be. a trend. This <laughs> is Jumanji all over again. I just, I don't, I just, I don't get why he's a thing. I just, I don't. I mean, I saw him. He's fine. Okay, performance, but it's not like you know, I didn't rock the movie. I didn't own the movie by mm-hmm. by any means. Um, so I don't know. Uh, let's get so anyway. So if, if this really does break a hundred million, I'll be pleasantly surprised. Um, uh, uh, it's possible, especially if it has Oscar buzz and it has legs. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see if Greta so Gerwig is, can really carry the, over the finish line. Is Little Women one of those like properties that uh, female audiences flock to? Yes. Okay. Suppose so. Yes. Well, I, I was just because I know that there was a movie made about. Uh, adaptation in 1994 that starred uh, Winona Ryder and Susan Sarandon, and that movie made 50 million dollars uh, in 94 money. Mm-hmm. So whatever adjusted for inflation that would be. Yeah, yeah, I would say at least double. Yeah, 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 and different market in 94 than we have now. So it's certainly possible. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, we'll see. I think we'll we'll see if it still has a hold in the 2019 market. All right, let's let's do see don't see. All you know is the movie is an adaptation of classic literature. See or don't see. Uh, I'm probably a one on that. Um, yeah, just a one. Uh, unless zombies or Abraham Lincoln's involved, <laughs> I have a minus three on that. Minus three. I want new stories. I want new stories told. Uh, all you know is it's. it's predominantly a female movie but that's all you know it's mostly female characters and uh, mm. it is all about them and their journey see or don't see you know what men Minus have their three. time Minus men... three. <laughs> <laughs> i welcome we'll the uh, yeah. I, I welcome the new matriarchy men have had their time <laughs> and we've screwed it up yeah. it's time for the women to take over um no i'm I... <laughs> i'll say i'll say i'm a one on that I, you know yeah I'm a zero. Uh, I'll be the same way for men, too. Like, I'm not interested in the coming-of-age story for men, either. Uh, Emma Watson. Emma Watson, I'm probably... uh, She's actually a pretty good actress, I think. Yes. Um, I'd say it's soft two for that. soft two, okay. Yeah. One on her, Saoirse Ronan. Uh, Saoirse Ronan, one of the best uh, up-and-coming actresses. I'm going to say... Is she? She really is. She? is. She's, I mean... Is she? Yeah. Yes. Did you Did you see Lady Bird? No. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> did is you... that all she's in? Is this no, like a, she... Is she, this uh, What's-His-Name all over again? Um, she's been uh, acting since she was like a kid. Um, is this Michael Shannon all over again? You know, oh, the greatest, one of the greatest actresses ever. Okay, one here we go. <laughs> Are you, are you done? 
Um, You'll probably edit out what I say anyway. So Uh, I'm gonna. I'm a a three. Hang on. Let me look up her IMDb real quick. She she started off with uh, Atonement. She was the little girl in that. Briny. She has been. uh, She did that movie Hannah with Kate Blanchett. Okay, I haven't seen any of these movies so far. Which you haven't means seen. She can't. She can't be that good. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well. <laughs> okay. So Atonement, I saw. I really liked her. Uh, Lovely Bones, not a good movie. Uh, the Way Back, that's a very small movie. Hannah was a good. She was good in that. Um, oh, that's right. She did the host. Yeah. Um, Grand Budapest. Oh, she was in Muppets. Oh, she was in Muppets Most Wanted. Okay. Right. Yeah. I can take that. Okay, I saw that. You probably didn't see Brooklyn, and you nope. didn't see Lady Bird. So, nope. yeah. yeah. So, how good can she be? I mean, come on, oh, she's a bunch of movies that released in two hundred theaters. You know, she's been nominated for three Oscars, <laughs> and she's twenty-five. Three Oscars for what? Lady she's Bird been nominated for three Oscars. Oh, come on, that's pity. She nominated. That's... She got nominated for Atonement in two thousand eight. Oh, At the age of fourteen, she got nominated for Brooklyn in two thousand sixteen. And Lady Bird in 2018. No one saw those movies. How could how could they? I saw those movies. Well, you're not the standard. Okay, <laughs> you live in Maine, where that's all there is. I'm to do. higher so, than the standard. <laughs> all right, fine. All right, her, you're Michael the, Shannon. You're the you're standard. Big fan. God help us all. Ryan Johnson. We know you're. <laughs> oh my gosh! If, if so this is what we need, we need a movie. Written by Greta Gerwig, directed by <laughs> directed by Ryan, Ryan Johnson, Johnson, starring Sir starring Ronan, Michael Shannon, and Oscar Isaac. There you go. I am there. He'll just stay in the theater. Yeah, and it'll, 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 it'll cost twenty five million dollars, and it'll make five million. <laughs> <laughs> and I will see it five times. Right. Because I know Don't myself. Done and done. Okay, so what were you? Thirty-five for Saoirse Ronan? See them? No, see them? I'm I'm a three. She's she's a very talented actress. And yeah, all right, I, I was gonna be zero, but now I have read her IMDb, and all she does is stupid art movies. I'm a oh, minus minus it. minus two on her. Go, wow. go be you're a, just you're just go be a spite me. Go be in a Marvel movie, okay? That that's that, that'll, that'll oh take yeah, because that works out so well. <laughs> what, what's that? No, go ahead. <laughs> Just move on. Timothy Chalamet. Uh everybody loves him. I'm, yeah. I, I think he's talented, but I still need to see more. Um, I, I'm gonna say just Isn't a one he, right now. I don't, I don't know. Okay, I won't repeat that. Um, one. I'm a, after watching him in The King. That was like my first like. If you're like a pro scout team, like you're sitting down, and you're watching us play. I'm just like not impressed. Not a first oh, draft. Chalamet. What has he ever been? Uh, oh, look at his IMDb. I haven't seen any of these movies. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's in all these. You know, we got that. You know, was he nominated or almost nominated for that movie last year? Like that with that Steve Carell. Your name? Oh no, you're talking about uh, yeah, Steve Carell movie. Boy. No, yeah, I don't think he was. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, come on. Like, he, got, he, got, he got nominated for Call Me By Your Name. That like was be, a, be in The Irishman. Like, be, be, be yeah, age him up or something. He's going to be in The Irishman. <laughs> you got to you put him at the table with Pesci and De Niro, sharing communion, dipping some... Yes, if he's that but, good. But he, he, has to get the, he has to get the Scorsese seal of approval for you to, for you to like him as an actor. He hasn't been in Scorsese, so I'm really out on this guy. Well, Adam Driver 
did silence with Scorsese. Where were you on that one? <laughs> huh? I'm not, I'm not down on Adam Driver. No, but like, okay, fine. If you're not going to do that, how about like be like Jason Statham's son in Hobbs and Shaw? I mean, he let's was, come on. Let's he step was up Matthew McConaughey's like, son in Interstellar. He did a Christopher like, Nolan movie. What? Wait, Sean Malay was in Interstellar? What? He was, he was 15 year old Tom, the son of uh, Matthew McConaughey. Really? And Yes, he was. Well, he wasn't. Um, the, it, was, the, it wasn't a big role, but. He wasn't an Affleck brother, though. Yeah, no, they, he didn't do that part. No, that's, that's the part the, that. That's Affleck the part that played matters. Grown up. He played the grown-up version of the yeah, character. What, uh, oh, please, yeah. So, uh, get, get real. Play. Get, give me some lines here. All right. Age him. Age him up and have him play Casey Affleck's role in the movie. Right. <laughs> or right, get playing. the hell out of here. Please, if you're still you're batting in Double A, don't tell me like you're hitting major leaguers. You're still in Double A. Step up to the big leagues. You know, let's go. Come on. Um, <laughs> no, he had his chance oh. in the King. Okay, he was in the King. That was a movie made for him. He did it. He's. Eh. Yeah. He, he also Meh. did a season of uh, Homeland. He threw it, he threw one touchdown, one interception, like six yards per attempt. It's like, eh. it's like, come on. It's like you're not going to lose a game. You're not going to win a game that way either. So, all right. Uh, where was I? Uh, minus two. Minus two for Timothy Chevrolet. Wow. You need to step up to the <laughs> step up to the plate. All right. If you, you want a positive score and see it. By the way, okay. You wanted to step up to the plate. He's, he's going to be Dune. He's going to be in Dune. You, so there you go. Timothy, you're listening to this podcast. You want a positive score in <laughs> see. He got he got cast by Denis Villeneuve as the lead for for, <laughs> for Dune next year. So there's right, well, your big leagues. Okay, good. Good. Well that's next year. I want, I want the, we're talking this year right now. <laughs> it's not see or will see. see I we'll can't see believe you're we'll... putting me in the position of defending Timothy Chalamet when I'm only a one on the guy. <laughs> What is this? You love everyone. That's that's why. That's why, folks. You can tell we're in, at, at the hour and a half mark. We're getting punchy. <laughs> uh, we're finding our sweet spot, though. Right. <laughs> we're hitting our stride. All right. Um, last, Greta Gerwig. <laughs> uh, see or don't see. She wrote you're just, you're just setting me up. You know what the answer is. <laughs> I'm a three on Gerwig. I know. I know. So good. Oh, okay. Oh, great. She wrote a. She directed a movie about uh, Lyndon Johnson's wife. Congratulations. Yeah. I mean, let's you know do do something more pertinent. You know. That's not. That's not what the movie's about. (laughs) Oh, I know. Come on. (laughs) That took me a minute, by the way. (laughs) That was good. We'll play by you. Oh. I mean, come on, let's do Nancy Reagan and I'll pay, I'll pay attention. <laughs> At least Betty Ford, come on. <laughs> I know they've already done one for Jackie O, but right, yeah, you Betty shot, Ford is right there. She's like, what does it take to get a movie made about me? Two hours of filming a woman in binoculars looking at bird watching. Congratulate, <laughs> congratulations. I mean, jeez. Um, minus two. Minus two. Oh. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, I mean, are we talking about Okay, you're Greta Gerwig You're Greta Gerwig, you're up and coming star And your next project is a Little Women Adaptation, I mean, for, God, for God's sake Are we talking about Gerwig Where's Akira? Where's, I'm not Akira, Alita, what about Alita Battle Angel? Where were you on that? Yeah, like, that's Alita? <laughs> Why not? Why not? That's, that's not? that's not her lane Step 
up to the plate. Stop playing oh. at double A, triple A. Just Balderdash. No one, no one cares. Great. 97% for little women. Congratulations. You adapt off the buck. Nobody uh, cares about you getting nominated for your Oscars. People want to see you do Alita. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> exactly. Yes, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, <laughs> now, now, serious question. Are we... Mate. <laughs> yes, go ahead. Are we talking about Greta Gerwig as a writer, director, or writer, director, and actress? Do you want. Uh, oh, she's acting. I mean, in it's a... no, she's not acting in this movie, but she, I mean, she is an actress. Would you like me to list her separately as a writer and then separately as a director as a C you don't see? No, it doesn't matter. It's a three, but uh, okay. three all around. It's gonna be writer and director, but yeah. I mean, for, for I would if you're if you're gonna see one movie that she co-wrote before she did Lady Bird, I, mean, right. I would say, see I would say see Lady Bird. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. really good. Okay. Um, but but you should see Mistress America. It's a really funny movie. Mistress America. Okay. Mistress but, America. Yes. I've never I never heard of it. What's in that? <laughs> it's about uh, this girl that goes away to college in New York City, oh, and okay. she right. she's I have one on, eye closed already. She, okay, go ahead. <laughs> her life. It's I, I'll just read you the the tagline for uh, IMDb: A lonely college freshman's life is turned upside down by her impetuous, adventurous stepsister to be. And it's she is she's she's really good in the movie. It's, can I can I get the movie like a, a half a star out of four just based on the title title? No, alone? you no, you may not. Description alone. Okay. No, you may not. Like <sighs> no, seriously, it's it's a it's actually like a legitimately funny screwball comedy, and they don't do screwball comedies hardly ever anymore. Right, right. So, all right, let's tally up some scores here. Okay, let's let's yes, we need <laughs> you to are. You are a 99 out of six categories. <laughs> uh, you are 11 out of six. So that's almost, okay. yeah. I am a. <laughs> you like a negative four? Minus eight out of six, out of six categories. <laughs> I was negative there's... for everything except all female movie and Emma Watson. Yeah, that was. <laughs> so there's a little bit of distance between us on this one. <laughs> A little, little bit daylight. Oh gosh! Um, all right, we we we're, we need to wrap this up. We have one more movie. We'll do this real quick. Uh, spies and uh, Spies in Disguise. Uh, Will Smith, Tom Holland, uh, spy movie in animated form. Uh, Will Smith plays a super spy. Tom Holland plays the nerdy scientist. Uh, somehow there's like a tr- transmogifier to put in Calvin and Hobbes terms uh, that that turns um, Will Smith into various animals. Uh, and hilarity ensues. We think. Um, Is it various animals or just a uh, a pigeon? I can't imagine this would be a one trick pony. I can't. I, there'd have to be more animals involved. I would think. I haven't but, seen any uh, other animals. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we'll find out. Um, so, animated movie. I, you know, I didn't look up who was producing this movie. Uh, who's the studio? It's not uh, Disney or Pixar. Uh. No, it's not. It is. Is it DreamWorks? Oh, it's 20th Century Fox. Oh, okay. So Blue Sky Studios. Yeah, and that should have factored in uh, into. Well, I our guess technically that is office. Disney, right? Uh, yeah, but right, yeah. not not Pixar, or no. Disney Princess, yeah, the Disney animated studios. Um, yes, yeah, technically Disney movie. Um, 
not projected to be a huge hit. So I think you know current tracking is like you know fifteen twenty million or so. Um, you know, I, we were both in the camp that basically this should have been like a top five movie in fantasy box office. It's really shaping up, unless it's a huge surprise that it's not going to be. It's sort mm-hmm. of again. I, I just I don't know if people trust the brand or just the the plot's just a little meh. Um, but any thoughts on this? You are not you're not interested in seeing this at all. You've been I'm really not interested in seeing this. Uh, yeah. I, animated birds don't uh, have much appeal to me. <laughs> Pigeons Let's... in general, I, I don't I don't need to spend ninety minutes <laughs> on that. I don't know. Right. Right. Uh, okay. So we are pseudo. So let's do pseudo and see real quick. Uh, Will Smith. Voicing. Will Smith voice, voicing. voicing. Um, yeah, one. Uh, yeah, uh, he's good voicing. I'll actually yeah. do it too. Yeah, he, he can do a fun voice. Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Also just voice? Yep. Okay. Uh, one, I guess. Yeah, zero for me. Not a unique enough voice. Uh, super Spies. All you know is it's an animated movie about Super Spies. See or uh, probably, uh, yeah, gosh, I feel like my score is going to be like really positive here. <laughs> um, I want to, I'm, I'm going to say one, uh, zero. Okay. A one for me. Uh, Animal Transformation. Oh, uh, negative two. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're not big into seeing animals act as human? Uh, no, I don't, as- I don't. Yeah, not a whole like people being changed into animals animated movie uh, fan. Um, Especially I, if they're pigeons, right? Yeah, humans into animals, right? I think I'm with you. Minus one, not as strong. Minus one, and then lastly, uh, 20th Century Fox. All you know is that's the studio behind uh, the, the Wait, like, movie. You mean like Fox Animation or Fox Animation? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so they did like Ice Age and robots and i'm trying to look at some other ones here simpsons movie oh but the alvin the chipmunk ones mm-hmm. uh eh, let's say negative two okay minus one for me uh okay your score is a minus two <clears throat> i am a positive one positive one uh no bonus questions okay so let's jump right into our predictions we'll start with star wars and so tracking here, tracking for Star Wars again, right around the two hundred million dollar range, mm. <clears throat> pretty solid throughout. hasn't 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 moved much. Uh, Ken, we'll start with you. I am going to say two hundred and twelve million. Two hundred twelve million. Hmm. I'm tempted. I, I'm tempted to go. I'm not tempted. I am going to go a little low. I'm not anticipating a big rush to go see this like the other two movies. Last Jedi was uh, one. Oh, that was two hundred. That broke two hundred, right? Yes, it was like yes. two twenty or yeah. two twenty-five. Yeah. So I'm not. Um, I'm just not seeing the anticipation to see it opening weekend. I think. I think definitely people will see it. Like Frozen two. I think definitely people see it by New Year's. Uh, so I'm going to go a little bit light. I'm going to go to 193. I mean, for what it's worth, I was looking at <clears throat> advanced tickets for the weekend, and they've been pretty close to sold out for most of the showtimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Understood. Understood. I'm still going. I mean, 193 is a high. I mean, that's a very high number. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Nothing, nothing to 
Yeah, nothing to hide about. Okay, uh, next, let's do cats. So cats. Cats tracking in, yeah, right in the 15 to $20 million range. <clears throat> Boxoffice.com has a $12 million range. The tracking has been trending down slightly in the last couple of weeks. Mm. Ken, let's say, let's say you. I'm going to go low. I'm going to say... I'm going to say 10. Mm. You know what? I'm going to change it. I'm going to say 9.5. 9.5. Yeah, so I... This is one I don't really believe the tracking on. I just, I, I'm not, I do think this will be lower than previous musicals, but I, I, I just, musical lovers just love their musicals and they just, they just usually show up, you know, for this, especially if it's not a movie that they're totally familiar about. Now, this might mean they might show up in Force opening weekend, but I, I'm going on the high end of the range. I'm going to go 17 million. Mm-hmm. This. I, I think they're going to turn out. Maybe they go see this instead of Star Wars and see save Star Wars for later. Um, okay, next. We're going to do a bombshell prediction. Wide expansion. Um, <clears throat> I mean, tracking is like between 5 and 10 million for bombshell. Do you have any avant garde prediction for bombshell? Not really. Under or over? I, don't. I mean, do you? No, not really. No, we could skip that. That's a tough one to tell with with wide expansion. All right, Little Women. Little Women, tracking in the $20 million range. This has been tracking up. Uh, Mm. Boxoffice.com is a $23 million uh, prediction. Ken, what say you? Let's say uh, 26. No, let's say 24.5. 24.5. That'd be a nice number for that. Um, I need it to be a nice number. (laughs) Yeah. I just I am not gonna I'm gonna go a little bit lower I'm gonna go 21 I'm just I don't think I just don't I'm I don't I don't know if this I don't, I don't know if it has a star power or the premise big enough to reach quite that high so I'm gonna go 21, 21 for that. and then uh, spies in disguise uh, I am yeah go ahead if you're ready go ahead I'm gonna vote with my heart on this one <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say. Parents need to take their kids to see a movie, <laughs> and I'm going to say 20, 20 million. Twenty million, okay. Yeah. So, um, Christmas release uh, a few days after Rise of Skywalker. You said twenty. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't going to be too far, too far different from that. I think this will be below twenty, but just a shame is going to go eighteen million in this. 18 million. Okay, so there you have it. Uh, those are our predictions, and that wraps up uh, the 2019 uh, year in movies. Uh, there's a few other limited releases, of course. We have 1917 and a couple other uh, movies that will be talked about for the Oscars. Um, we will we'll be back to talk about the Oscars, whether on this podcast or a different podcast. Um, our schedule coming up, so we may so we may be back. <clears throat> Uh, by the end of the year to sort of recap 2019 in movies, maybe from a fancy box office perspective, sort of like, you know, what did we learn? What did we not learn? Who are the big winners, losers? Um, that sort of thing, sort of like a recap podcast. And then uh, we're going to take some time off. Uh, we're still working out exactly when we'll be back in a full-time uh, schedule. It, it will not be till at least March. Uh, oh, probably wow. 
Yeah, I, I mean, we'll talk. We can talk offline. I just, I don't okay. think, I don't think the movies. I think there's an occasional interesting movie there, but um, yeah, we want we only be back and fully charged and, and ready to go. It doesn't. We will be back occasionally to talk about the big movie. I think we'll certainly be back. Um, we'll talk about for back for uh, the Harley Quinn movie in early February. Um, I think the Invisible Man movie at the end of February is super interesting and worthy of a box office preview. Um, do you so, want to do a little? <laughs> not really. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, All I think right. we we should take January. No, I think we should take January off for sure. Um, but we'll talk. It's it's this spring is definitely a lighter spring uh, than previous ones. I, there's a couple of notable movies. We have a Bond movie coming out in April. There's a big Pixar movie coming out first week in March. There is a sequel to uh, Quiet Place uh, in late March. So a couple, a couple interesting ones, but not as jam-packed. There's no Marvel movies coming out until May. Um, no Disney movies of note uh, coming out. Uh, we have Mulan. It's like Mulan's also coming out late March. So, so a few movies, and we'll definitely be back to cover those. Though I, I expect we may not be back on a weekly, on a full-time weekly basis, probably until May. Uh, back again. We may be back, you know, maybe every other week. We'll see. We'll, we'll announce the schedule on Twitter. Um, you know, as as final plans are made, we will be back with various content, and we'll talk about Oscars. We will have our fantasy uh, preview for the upcoming 2020 spring and summer year. We'll, we'll have a lot of fun with that. We do have to say, and we will talk about this next week. Um, our fantasy fall box office <clears throat> is turning out. We, we might have to be crowning Peterson as our champion, which is oh, funny because God. we were mocking him during our. Um, during our recap podcast and Chris is saying, I'm only here to, because so when I win, I can come back and gloat over you all. And he might be, he might be prophetic. So, mm. uh, I know there's still a lot of time. There's, there's time for, uh, you know, for cats and, you know, for other movies to surprise and, uh, and overtake, but, uh, we'll see. We'll see Trump, about that. Trump's America. <laughs> uh, if you have any questions you want us to answer next week, uh, email us at onstagebop at gmail.com. That's onstagebop at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook um, and follow us on Twitter. Onstagebop uh, is the Twitter handle, right, Ken? Yep. You can follow me at Greggy333. You can follow Ken at KenJones81. Uh, what do you have to plug, Ken? I'm working on a Jumanji review, um, uh, and I will obviously be reviewing Rise of Skywalker when I see it uh, Thursday night. Hopefully, plan to have that up for uh, no later than than Friday. So. Oh, we forgot we forgot to do official Rotten Tomato predictions for Star Wars. Oh, where, right. Where, where, are you, where are you thinking based off of your? Mm. So there there has been some social media on it, but no official reviews yet. When is the embargo more. list? I think it's lift? 3 a.m. Wednesday. So it? Wednesday morning? Okay, yes. so by the time this comes out, people will already yes. know. I'm yes. going to say uh, like high 70s, low 80s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had to guess like right around like 70, like 79, 81%, something like that maybe. Yeah, so the wild card to me is <clears throat> will critics react well to this movie Assuming they really love the Ryan Johnson movie, because there, there's word that this movie does not <laughs> treat uh, the Last Jedi well and sort of overcorrects for it. And if critics really love the approach Last Jedi took and they feel 
that Rise of Skywalker is reversing that, will they respond well to that? And then that's a wild card to me in terms of all our reception. The first two Star Wars movies were in the low 90s. Um, mm. So I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think this could even be a little bit lower based on what I'm seeing. Oh, you so think I it'll think be into like, like the 60s? I think 60s is possible. Again, we're, we're talking gut here. We have no, no real scientific measure for this, just sort of gut feel. Um, I, yeah, we'll see. I, I think maybe right around 70% is probably maybe where it settles. Um, J.J. Abrams movies are very rarely poorly reviewed i think most almost all of them are above 70 <laughs> percent oh gosh so i just read a uh a first impression uh-huh uh you want me to share this <laughs> sure so josh larson of uh think christian uh dot com and the film spotting uh podcast uh wrote on letterboxd first impression that's one way to update romeo and juliet <laughs> oh, so oh boy, uh, boy. <laughs> okay um <laughs> all right well let's wrap it up on there so uh we'd like to thank you uh thank you all for uh, joining us in this podcast we hope you really enjoyed it um if you have any suggestions for the pod you can email us email us on stage bop at gmail.com onstagebop at gmail.com again we will be back intermittently throughout the winter and spring we will certainly be full-fledged back um if you liked what you heard uh on the pod give us five stars please five 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 stars on uh, apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you get your uh, podcasts uh from okay any final words ken we'll be ho, we'll ho, probably ho. back next week yeah right oh ho, ho, ho. yeah happy holidays happy holidays uh, happy holidays uh, we really hope you have a wonderful time celebrating with friends and family and the movies. If you are going to see Star Wars, enjoy. Let us know what you hear about it. If you're going to see Cats, let us know as well. All right. For Ken Jones, this is Greg Earhart. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. And, uh, and we'll see you next week. Adios. Die Hard is a Christmas movie.